Hi and welcome to Dynamics Update. Uh, today is one of those episodes where we actually have a guest. And by we, I mean me and Gustav, as usual. Hi, Gustav. Hello. Hello. And the guest is actually someone I met uh, far away at the MVP Summit in Seattle. Um, Elif, please introduce yourself. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Hi, my name is Elif uh, Itam. I... Um... I am an MEP, like uh, Johan mentioned, a recent MEP, actually. Um, and uh, I um, worked in the D365AX space almost for 15 years. I was um, working for a partner for uh, many years. Um, I worked as a consultant, then as a project manager, and then I also worked as a director for all of the projects. And uh, currently, for the last, I would say, um, seven years, um, I'm running my own company. Um, and um, primary focus is training. I'm um, basically we provide online training for FNO and uh, some of the other D365 products. Uh, I live in Dallas, and uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, so one of the things I remember when we met in Seattle was actually that one of the other MVPs uh, mentioned to you, just in pa passing, that Microsoft had changed a very vital part of the UI in FNO. And, and what, what we watched then was you going all pale and was like, no, 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 yes. that, that can't be, that can't be right. And, and then they said, yes, it's it's right. No, 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 no. That, that can't be right. So please let, please tell us. Yes. Uh, so I, I mean, just as a little bit of a background information, when you develop online training for D365 of an O, of course, like you're using all the UI and we build training materials, you know, um, our, our methodology basically is to create small videos, two to six minutes in length. Um, so we have hundreds of these videos that we record and a year later, you know, when some changes happen, that being functionality changes, UI changes, we go back and re-record those videos. So usually what we do is we do a record one year and we take a break for one year and then the next year we just redo it again. Um, and we had just finished basically recording <laughs> all of our 1200 videos and I came to the MEP summit and someone at passing mentioned that, you know, in FNO, they've basically changed the UI where you go back into the back button or the sliding, um, you know, the filtering would yeah. now slide from the right side instead of from the left yeah. side. And it's yeah. like, it sounds trivial, like it's not very important, but then I just like, it was a little bit of a shock and I'm like, oh my God, because those sort of things really, um, it's not necessarily super important to functionality, but it makes our courses look dated. So you yeah. cannot wait a long time to replace it. Um, I was a little bit more worried. There were also other sort of bigger UI changes, but then I went home after having a couple of drinks at the MEP summit and then I downloaded the new version and then I looked at it and I'm like, okay, this is something that we can add a couple of extra courses and explain in those courses, you know, in your example, the window may, you know, slide from the right instead of from the left. We're in the process of updating our materials, but you know, functionality wise, it's, um, it's the same, but it is, it is a constant challenge for us to, um, you know, to make sure that our materials are viewed 
most recent bar R R users. I was gonna say that must be the the major challenge nowadays with uh, with um, with the evergreen and uh, like the uh, uh, changes. I mean, it's one thing staying on top of the change, uh, well, the release notes to say, okay, this has changed. We should update it because you could always look at preview and then I mean, yeah, it makes it easier than it's maybe ten to twenty videos. But in this case, I understand you have to redo a lot, um, of course, and hopefully no more major UI changes. But but I think that topic, yeah, like we discussed a little, a little bit before, I mean how. Our training must have evolved into staying like staying fresh because you well back in the day, like in older versions of AX at least, uh, you could pretty much live off an installation training for quite a while, right? Um, that could sustain you for two or three years at least. But nowadays, if you just do a single set of training, you need to at least reevaluate whatever has been changed within that area at least uh, every year, right? I mean, there are so many changes yeah. in the product. Yes, definitely. Like and yeah, I, I the definitely the couple of things help us. One is because we're using more sort of like this micro learning strategy and creating these short videos. Functionality wise, we may we can be very, very precise. So if let's say something is changed in, in pricing or some something in the journals, let's say, a significant change, but we don't necessarily have to redo three hours of training, we can pick and choose the individual courses and just mm. re-record those. So that definitely is an advantage to us as it is an advantage to our customers because they use it exactly the same way by just using it just sort of a focused yeah. um, video. But I mean, UI is something you cannot, you know, ignore and it's, <laughs> it's all encompassing. So it's not like uh, I can choose just choose to update half of it. Um, and I, I do expect more UI changes are yeah. going to come because as we all know that, you know, structurally, technologically, they're changing FNO more. So we just need to take it one step at a time and ask a little bit of grace and patience for our, from our customers that we're trying our best and um, and really focus on the things that are significantly changed and yeah. uh, first and then move on to the things that are not changed as much. So Excellent. one question I have is that do you see a change in the mindset of the users? Because, I mean, when we talked about AX2012, uh, it was like you can't basically change anything because the users <laughs> will be confused and it will be hard. But since we do have changes every single month coming in, UI changes, uh, features coming in and so on, um, I, I, would, I would think that the users sort of need to be more agile in understanding how the product works. Not, not like being click there, click there, click there, but rather understand how the feature actually works. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I think I mean, there's definitely a, a, a mind shift change towards online training. I mean, I think when D365 became a product of the cloud, I think overall the customers who are implementing a product that's on the cloud that's always going to change became a little bit more open to also consuming training from an online resource. So I was like talking to a customer a while back and actually, they just had implemented D365 right before COVID. So during COVID, they were like, oh, my God, like this was the best thing that we've done because before everything was on prem. And then all of a sudden COVID happened. Everybody started to work from home and they're like, we are just so happy we have done this. 
just from the D365 implementation perspective. But then they also said, we're also just so happy we did like online training because then we were able to use it. So I think from an overall perspective, I see a little bit more openness in everybody. I think COVID also, you know, made this a little bit more possible because yeah. uh, everybody started to consume materials online, just not even from D365 perspective, like watching more YouTube videos and learning how to bake bread and things like that. <laughs> so it's like, I think everybody is a lot more comfortable with watching something and learning how to do. So um, I think I, I do definitely see a shift that's helpful to towards consuming materials that way. But also, I think what you're talking about, Johan, makes people avoid customizations because uh, of the changes that are happening to D365 continuously uh, with all, yeah. if they extend D365 a lot, then it becomes a pain, right? So they have to, to maintain, yeah. retest everything and <laughs> finding standard training materials becomes hard. I think they're a lot more averse, which ultimately is good for um, us too, because obviously we provide standard training. The more standard it is, the more helpful we can be to our customers. Although we do offer custom training solution, I, I think customers are, again, a lot more inclined to stick with the, the standard, which is this this landscape. Um, I know you guys have been around, but it's very different than what it was 15 years yeah. ago. Because 15 years ago, everybody was buying AX to customize it. I mean, literally, just that it was you being could do sold anything. That, that was a, that was a pitch, yeah. right? That was a feature. You could yes. basically do whatever you like. Exactly. Partners were selling it that way. Microsoft was uh, marketing it that way. But now we're in a completely different world, yeah. in which we they are encouraged to stick with standard. Um, yeah, it made, and, uh, makes sense. It made sense back then as well, but the, the the functionality was not up to par in many cases. So you you had to do customizations in many areas. That's that's another thing that's new because the product has matured so much. Um, you can actually there are many many uh, there aren't many scenarios that you shouldn't be able to at least have a very high percentage of a bit in the in the standard application that you have, or coupled with an ISV, which is also a very great like combined strategy. If you have a very niche set of like functionality, you need you can probably find an ISV for it in many cases. And they have their own set of training, of course. But another thing that's a difference from back in that, I remember a lot of classroom-led training, which is good in its sense because you get a very like focused set of training, two days intensive training of like developer. I did one for AX2012 development back in the day as well. You we were super tired after like 12 hours of X++ training. Um, and it has its place, of course, but I, I would imagine that nowadays a lot of people coupling with that hybrid workplace setup where you you need to do the training, of course, because you need to understand what you're, what you're getting into, but you need to do it on your own time. You have to be flexible, right? So if you can put it in a schedule, you have two weeks. During these two weeks, you need to take this and this and this course. It's much more compatible with the modern the modern workplace and the modern uh, flexibility in the calendar, uh, even before COVID, but even much more so after COVID, of course. At least in Sweden, that's that's how it, how it looks right now. Yes, yes. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of the blended approach. I think neither one of the approaches by themselves are great. Um, <laughs> online training, if you're just relying on online training only 
4865 implementation, that's not a great, great plan. Unless you're doing an upgrade and you have some internal staff that really just truly understands the basic functionality and you're just, you know, adapting them into a new version of, you know, D365. And I think on the other extreme, like the example that you gave, doing everything in classroom is just not the solution anymore. I mean, from the perspective of hybrid work, and um, and we we talk about this a lot, the retention rate uh, for a classroom training is about 25%. Hmm. So whatever you're teaching, if you're teaching a brand new topic to someone, they're only able to retain 25% of what you're teaching them at that moment. So repetition is very, very important. So I think Somewhere in the middle is what what customers need to figure out how to do. Uh, provide some sort of an online option where repetition is possible. It's convenient. You know, you can do it at your own time, you know, under your hand. If you need it, you can find it easily. But at the same time, also spend some time with people in a classroom, whether it's um, online or in person, ask questions, mingle, you know, hash out some of the issues that are in your mind. I think it's important mm. for people to connect with everybody because online training is just not going to give them all the things that they need, especially um, if they're nervous about their job and how am I going to handle this scenario and that scenario sort of thing. And just having some sort of an instructor in the classroom, I think, helps a lot. So um, now which yeah. spectrum of that you go to, I think, depends on the company culture. Like when I work with customers, I think some customers are a lot more on the side of classroom training. A, a lot less online because of their culture and they tell they tell me they're like our culture is very much so like we like to discuss things okay. you know like we like to like talk about it and then then you have another culture it's like oh we we really we are doers you know like we we this is a company of doers we learn a lot you know we figure it out ourselves then they they're more inclined to take more online a lot less in person, they tend to do office hours instead of classroom training. So people can take the online training and then go into these office hours and ask their questions. So I think just being flexible and really knowing your audience and your learners um, really help. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, where, where do you see um, the classic like aspect from where I'm coming from with when you do implementation projects and then you do some maintenance for, um, projects? the training aspect of an implementation project normally and that hasn't changed that much to be honest from from back in the day it's like it comes cl close to go live we need the training plan oh who who is responsible for the training plan let's let's say this guy and then and then they have to come up with the training plan and it always evolves around what you're what you built for from a process perspective so we need a training for this particular uh, receiving process and for this particular posting process we need a training how do you click it so it's, as you said you want it's more like how do you actually click around in the system, right? It's never really oriented around what you need to understand to make the best use of what you actually bought, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I think it's more it would make more sense. That's important as well, of course, because you need to do what you need to do in the system that uh, makes sense. But then after like a couple of weeks, at least after go live, when you come into the system, so to speak, that's where you really can gain by understanding the product and understanding specific, especially now with um, so many added components in the power platform around it to like if, make your work day a little bit more efficient and i see so many customers where you've implemented 
And well, they, yeah, they regression tests. They make sure everything works. They're a not pretty late version. But if you speak to any individual user, they know about what they're doing in the system. They very rarely understand, okay, oh, I can use the Power Automate here. Oh, I can use this to, to make my life easier. No. So I think that, that's where now I would really like to put some training into just like understanding what you can do rather than train just what you have to do. Is that something you're yes. seeing or is it just a dream oh, for absolutely. my... Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's just the uh, one of our customers made the comment and it's it's true is that the training doesn't end because you just went live. It's right. actually, it's that's and it comes back to that retention, what I was talking about. Yeah. Or maybe a lot of the times what you find out, maybe learners have retained 40% what you try to teach them until go live. And then all of a sudden go live happens. One, there's a realization that this is the new world, right? Before there was maybe some delays and this and that, like there was not really a sense of, okay, well, I'm not going to use that system anymore. Now I'm just going to use this system every day. So um, so there's a different sort of mindset, too, yeah. within the, the learners. They're a lot more careful and maybe, you know, a lot more intent in the way that they, mm-hmm. they ask questions. They're really trying to understand, like, how things work. So I absolutely agree that you need to continue um, training for X number of months. I mean, I, I, I usually recommend two months after go live, still continuous training and maybe partial training afterwards to enhance the knowledge, maybe to add things like power platform and things like that. But unfortunate thing about the, what hasn't changed about training budget and allocation in the D365 implementations is that we are still mostly going towards this train the trainer approach. Um, And, um, and I'm not against it at all. I think it's easier for partners and um, to just basically say we're going to train your core team and your core team is going to train everybody else. It's mm-hmm. in, in, in on paper, it sounds good, but it just almost never works out that way. Um, no. One of the reasons is that those 12 people are also responsible for implementing and they rarely have time to take on training, build training materials and things like that. But then also what we see is that as soon as there's some need for money in the implementation, the first thing that they cut is the training. <laughs> it's training yeah. So it's like um, <laughs> the customers are, you know, if they want an extension or if they have to buy like some additional functionality, if we invest another X number of dollars into this, um, the first thing that they want to cut is um Training. Is the the, the, the training dollars. Yeah. Now, I'll, I, I talk about this a little bit in, in some other uh, sessions with some other people. What I love is what Canada does. And I think mm-hmm. we need to do it for every sort of like um, D365 implementation. What they have is there's an untouchable fund for every employee for training. And then when they do a project like this, they have to allocate a certain number of um, money for training and it cannot be taken away so then what happens is what happens is everybody knows the rules of the the game nobody can touch it and then money is not the issue right so at that point of time what you are trying to do is to find the right set of tools right set of people to provide the sort of training that um your team and your implementation needs so um I am seeing more um, 
new roles within the organizations, fully dedicated to training, fully dedicated to change management. And the organizations who make that investment also continue to make it towards training. But we also see more to traditional companies that are not necessarily spending the money or the effort for it as well. Uh, that's my take as well. It's very interesting that you say exactly that. Like training is always the first thing to go, but at the same time, we've been struggling now for a couple of years with with the whole uh, coming version updates to tell everyone that you need to have a test manager. You need to have someone dedicated for that role because you need to do iterative testing each release. And coming from an AX since implementation, where you basically released maybe one line of code or very like you need to test this particular area, test that, nothing else. Um, coming to that realization, because I think now when you when you speak to clients, they are very yeah, of course we need a test manager. So and I think the same the more, most successful training experiences I've had is exactly that, where you have um, allocated set of funds. The funds is not an issue then uh, that you have a, a, at least one person, at least one role responsible for it, working for the customer and staying like a long term engagement, not as a part of. Otherwise, it becomes just a deliverable. Yes, we did the training. We're done. It doesn't become yeah. something that is like a part of the ongoing maintenance of the product. Same, same yes. application as a test manager. You need a training. You could theoretically have a change manager and then some, some training beneath that, but still training is ongoing. Uh, yes. The, the mean, most successful having, ones have that. Yes, and having an allocated person allows customers or maybe f- almost like forces customers to, to think about training continuously. Because yeah. one of the issues with the D365 implementations is majority of the users have to be trained maybe six weeks, eight weeks before go live. But there's tremendous amount of opportunities before that, you know, many, many months of um, opportunities to get things going and, uh, you know, getting some things planted and doing some activities. and But almost... Uh, I see a lot of some customers do it, but I think when you have someone responsible from training, their perspective is going to be, what can I do today? What can I do before the project starts? What can I do during design? What can I do during testing? You know, bringing more people into the fold and using every opportunity for the purpose of training. You know, if I was in that role, that's what I would do. And um, and you then that creates that mindset is that training has to be continuous. We have to do it before a project starts, during the project, at go live and post go live. So then it, it it's really I think that's hopefully that that's the future. Yeah. That's what what I want to see. Yeah, the, and that's what I'm advocating for the customers. And it's not important if they buy training from me or somebody else. That just doesn't matter. But what is going to make your project successful are, are these. How you do it is up to you. Um, mm. Whether or not you in-person deliver it or you figure out another way, great, go for it. But it just needs to be in, in, front, of your, um, in front of your vision and it needs to be a priority. Yeah, absolutely. You need to have a very good 365 ambassador working within the organization. I think that, that role, particular role, does so much more of like really making use of the product that you actually bought. In a better way yes, uh, than I, just I implementing it. I actually love that uh, what you said, ambassador. That's uh, absolutely uh, true. It's um, someone that advocates for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and I I sort of think also that if we focus the training more on uh, the product rather than the process, is the processes. I mean, the processes you you know anyway. You use them every day. You've used them in AX. They are similar. 
Uh, but if you understand the product, then you actually get users that starts to think for themselves and figure out, is there a smarter way of doing this? Is there a more efficient way of doing this, which we haven't thought about before? Because we had, I mean, if you have this step-by-step guide that you adhere to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if and the steps is like 200 steps, yeah, someone's maybe we need to change this process. A bit. Yeah, and, 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 and maybe also that once you figure out how the product works, you can actually suggest that, okay, so these five steps could probably be automated in some way. Yeah, absolutely. So to make it easier and simpler, because it's, it's I mean, it's it, the object is not to make it as difficult as possible rather than the other way around. Yes. No. And I, I think you make a great point, and I think this is another aspect of training that's a little bit overlooked. Um, the consultant mindset works in a very, very different than someone who is actually working in business doing their job. You know, our perspective, and I've been a consultant myself too, is that our first priority is to configure the system. So, right, we want to configure it, we want to make it working, and we want to have data, and we want to have all of these things. Um, But um, that perspective can be sometimes not so great when you're actually working with people who are um, doing a job, you know, that mm. the, the controller's perspective is very different than maybe a finance consultant's controller is worried about numbers and controller is worried about, um, you know, if, how numbers are organized, you know, just, I'm not even when I, I'm not going to even use like financial dimensions as a word, but, but consultants are focused on like, how am I going to set this up to make it work? But, you know, I think finding that middle is what makes a project good, right? When you have consultants that really understand the problems of the business, and the, the business people are able to articulate it, right? So, like, how is the controller going to be able to explain something so that we can understand what he's talking about? And that that connection can be made so much better with training. Is uh, yeah, is really I, just... Yeah, sorry. And I, I also think that, that I mean, if we look at our... Uh, application specialists at our company we have basically two different kinds we have the ones that are more consultants as you say more clinical more tech more more (laughs) theoretical this is how how the product works and then you have people who are more like the people who actually are end users Mm -hmm. who understand the the challenges of doing a month and closing who understand the challenges of of uh, managing invoices and and things like that, and I think it's important that we understand that as well, because uh-huh. because we what we need to do, especially with the features. I mean, I can one of the the consultant types can go to the customer and say, "You need this feature, okay? Why? Because you need it. Because it's really good. Because it's new." <laughs> but if we can't map it to something that we actually do in the business, we can't find the customer. Uh, gain on it we can't find the the thing that we actually makes us money by using this way of doing it instead then there is no yeah. point in using it Th- then then it will then everyone will think all the time that 
okay, so Microsoft, Microsoft is just shoving new features down our throat all the time, and we don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't want to train our users all the time. But mm-hmm. if we have the people that can map this to the business, then we can actually have someone say, "But you will, you will, you will make it. You will earn money by by doing this mm-hmm. in this certain way. You will, you mm-hmm. will. It will be easier. It will be smoother. It will take no. less work. It will be more efficient. Whatever. It will. You will have more control in this way. Yeah. Yes. I mean the and isn't that the beauty of the the ED365 implementation because you have these consultants that are product experts right we know they they know what the product is they go to a project but they don't know what the business does right their job what makes a good consultant is to quickly understand problems or the business understand what the business problems are and be able to take those problems and articulate it in the context of D365 yeah that is expected of consultants right a good consultant is supposed to do that when you're a partner what is not expected and that's what i'm putting the challenge on the customers is they have their similar responsibility on their side they have the business knowledge why can't we expect customers to rise up to the same challenge of learning d365 not to the extent of a consultant we are not expecting them to right but they should be able to learn d365 enough as a part of the process to be able to come to that table and the knowledge exchange at that point of time is going to be so much more valuable, so much more fruitful for the project. So much rework will be eliminated if the customer upfront understand what the heck the customer, the consultants are talking about, right? I mean, they, they, they just sit quietly. Yeah, that's music to my ears. And I think that's uh, one observation there is that that, that is much better now. Uh, I mean, sp- one thing is the technical thing of being a cloud-based system. It's web-based. People are more used to working with that. It's an, it's an easier transition to work in a, in a web-based system, which has similarities to Office, than working in the old AX client, for instance. So that's a lower threshold for users to come in. And, and then like I'm used to working in a system that looks like this because it kind of looks like Excel in a grid. Basically, that's one thing. And the other is that I think, as you described, the controller, they are people as everyone else. They want, of course, like the base The base thing is we want it to work, we want the numbers to match, we want the system to be up and running. So like That's a consultant's base deliverable. Everything should work, the numbers should match, it, it won't break. But then it becomes uh, then it becomes your day, day in the life of what you do every day, Monday through Friday. You want you don't want to come and like get your soul sucked out of you every time you go go to work. You want to actually like yeah, I think this is kind of fun because this is something I do. I, I and that's where really training, testing, everything that, that makes because the users in the end, not everyone, but a lot of people at least my from my experience, they want to understand, they want to learn, they Absolutely. want to like they want to know how this, this is a very important tool that they use in their in their daily life. Uh, so training uh, absolutely. If it's available to them, because I think um, a lot of the, the the threshold there is like, mm. I'm just going to go to learn or I'm just going to try to figure out or maybe check with someone if it's available to them as part of like an on, ongoing training. And that's a learn has absolutely evolved a lot. There is a lot of training material that is applicable for for users. But like that's not the same thing as actually going and, and getting I, I get a lot of I, I'm an architect that I, I'm supposed to know a lot of things about dynamics. But still, like every session I go to, every training I, I go to, I go, oh, I didn't know that. 
because there's mm-hmm. so much that you don't know, right? And, and something that you can put in. And as you say, I can I can say 1,000 features of the product, perhaps, but they know which one of those actually makes their life better. I don't yeah. in many cases. So yes. exactly what you say. It's a combination of both. But I think it's much yes. better now, what I want to say. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. And also, it's almost like you, it, it, as you use it, you're almost like I feel like your mind space frees up in your mind. You know, like when you go live yeah. first, you're like it's just so focused and maybe nervous and you're like honed into those basic things that you must do, you know. But then when you're doing it, you are comfortable with those tasks. Now you have you're you're you want to know other things you want to learn things that that's going to make things better and and maybe before you would not have understood that before maybe a month before you would not have understood or just you're not evolved to that stage yet so i think that's why continuous training is is going to be instrumental to to the future of D365 implementation. Absolutely. So the classic Maslow stare, because first you need to make sure that everything works. You're not fired. The system produces correct <laughs> reports. Once you're done with those basic needs, then you can move up the stair and go like, okay, I can maybe do this a little bit better. And then in yeah. the end, you discover power automate and then everything is just perfect. <laughs> so the Maslow pyramid of dynamics needs. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to quote that. I'll maybe write something yeah. about that. We got lots of quotes on this. <laughs> I think that's a good, I think that's a good, uh, good uh, place to, to, uh, to try to wind down a bit. Um, yeah. I would just like to thank you. Before we you. go into too many psychological models. <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I would just start by by saying thank you to you, Elif, uh, for joining us. Thank you so it much. It was really, really nice. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, as usual. Yep. yep. Thank yep. you so much. Yes. Thank you, guys. Very I'll nice meeting you, guys Elif. around, hopefully. Yeah. Yep. Sometime, somewhere. Yep. Yep. Hopefully. Exactly. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Elif. Take care.